There is a fountain filled with blood. Who is the enemy within? Margaret Thatcher once said, We always have to be aware of the enemy within, which is much more difficult to fight and more dangerous to liberty. Winston Churchill once said, When there is no enemy within, the enemies outside cannot hurt you. C.H. Spurgeon said, Beware of no man more than of yourself. We carry our worst enemies within us. This is Preach the Word with Dean Carmichael, Jr. That flood lose all their guilty stains. Welcome to Preach the Word with Brother Dean Carmichael of Greensboro. And now let's welcome our dear friend, Brother Dean. All right, friends, so we pick up where we've left off. We are in the book of Genesis. We have been talking about the life of Abraham. We've talked about how Abraham was called out of Ur of the Chaldees, where he was from. He was called out of Mesopotamia. He ends up going to a land where he did not know by faith. He listened to the Lord. He left everything, and he takes along with him his nephew Lot, And so far, we have seen with Lot that Lot has stuck with Abraham. And we have come to a place in Genesis chapter number 13 where Abraham and Lot are going to part ways. Now, up to this point, we do know that Abraham is known as Abram. But Abraham, he, at this point of his life, he got back to the Lord. He has rededicated his life to the Lord. After Abraham is called out by God, he keeps going when he gets to this area of Bethel. And he he pitches his tent. He builds an altar for the Lord. And we all know that uh, the Bible says, And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hea on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. We all know how uh, the the story would go there, uh, that Abraham continues to journey, and he ends up going to Egypt because there's a famine. And that's where Abraham messed up, and we, we all messed up. That's no way, shape, or form picking on Abraham. But Abraham, he, he's a man. He, he messed up. He made a mistake. The Lord did not tell him to go to Egypt. He got his eyes off God. He leaned on his own understanding. He goes to Egypt. And nothing good comes out of that. God said he was going to make him a blessing. God had a purpose for Abraham's life. Abraham ends up relying on his own understanding, rebelling from God, and now he's not a blessing. Now he's got Pharaoh, who he's lied to about his wife, told Pharaoh and his men that his wife was in fact his sister, and now there are plagues, there's deceit, there's trickery, and there's a lost testimony from from Abraham. Well, long story short, Abraham returns, and he goes back to that place where he built that altar. He gets his life right with God, but he comes back a very rich man. He comes back very prosperous, and you'll know who else comes back prosperous. Lot, in 
in his men. Now, there's a verse, before we get going here, there's a verse that's very important in Genesis chapter number 13, verse number 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Now, it's very important that we understand something here. Lot has gone down to Egypt. Lot, when he followed Abraham, when Abraham is now rebelling, Lot goes down to Egypt, and Abraham, when he realizes his folly, and he realizes, hey, I got to get back. I, I got to go back to that place where, where I built the altar. Just like the prodigal son in Luke 15, Abraham returns. Now, Abram left Egypt, but it's very obvious here. Lot, he left Egypt physically, but he wanted to get back to a place like Egypt. He wanted, he wanted to find a place just like Egypt where he could continue to please his flesh. Abraham refocused. Abraham had an altar. Abraham comes back to the place where he was in fellowship with God. Now, both of these men, by faith, both of these men left a sinful country and by faith followed after the Lord. Lot is a righteous man. The Bible tells us that, and we'll read that here in a minute. But Abraham refocused in Genesis chapter number 13, verse 8 and 9. But Lot did not have an altar. Lot did not refocus. He chooses Sodom for personal reasons. Abraham left Egypt completely. Not just the land, but he left the rebellious nature. He left the backsliding. Lot did not. And that brings us to the title of the message, The Poor Spiritual Condition of Lot. Lot's Backsliding Condition. Genesis chapter 10, excuse me, Genesis chapter 13, verse 10 through 13. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered. Everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zohar. Let me stop right there. Christian, if you are going back and forth, if you're playing both sides of the fence, what I mean by that is you've got one foot in the world and one foot in the church. It doesn't work that way. As a child of God, you either yield to the Holy Spirit of God or you yield to the flesh by default. You either submit yourself to God's will on a daily basis, or by default, you are yielding to your flesh. You're pleasing your flesh. You're going after what you want. Now, obviously, I'm talking about the modern-day believer, but this is a type in, in Lot's day as well. Lot could, just like Abraham, left Egypt completely and realized, hey, we never should have went down here to begin with. We had no business leaving the place where Abraham built that altar. We had no business leaving the fellowship of God's will. But instead, they go down to Egypt. They become very wealthy men. And now Lot, even though he's gone back to this place, he's following Abraham, and he's gone back to this place of fellowship, he's going to go right back out into the world. If our hearts 
are still set on the world. We're going to go back. doesn't matter if we go to church on Sunday or not. We're going to keep going back to the world. Okay, we have got to be sure. Abraham built an altar there. Abraham built a place of surrender, a place of humility. We have got to go to that place and get things right with God if we're going to live in fellowship with him. Lot did not do that. Now this is around uh, 2067 BC. Bible tells us Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom, verse 11. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Sodom is a symbol of wickedness. It's used as a warning that God judges sin. Deuteronomy 29 verse 23, And that the whole land thereof is brimstone and salt and burning, that it is not sown, nor beareth, nor any grass groweth therein, like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim, which the Lord overthrew in his anger and in his wrath. So Sodom is a symbol of wickedness. God will judge sin. God is a just God. He is a righteous God. That word sodomy is a term referring to the Old Testament prostitution, homosexual, immoral perversion, uh, practiced with idolatry. This was the sin in Sodom and Gomorrah. This is where Lot is going to take his family. This is where a righteous man is going to expose what he's going to expose his daughters to. Very important that we understand that. So that word sodomy, referring to Old Testament prostitution, homosexual moral perversion, practiced with idolatry, I'm reading here. This was the sin in Sodom and is used to be described a homosexual in general. Webster's Dictionary defines it as a crime against nature. Moral perversion of Sodom. Bible tells us in Jude 7, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, by way of introduction, let's just let's just introduce Lot a little more. We've we've talked more about Abraham, but let's talk a little bit about Lot. So first of all, there's Lot's reputation, the reputation of Lot. Lot is mentioned by name twenty nine times in the Genesis record, in the context of Abraham and his family six times. He's mentioned once in the context of, of strife. And talking a little bit about that word strife, going to the current time, that's what breaks up churches. That's what hurts Christian fellowships. That's what will ruin a Christian home. Worldliness, we, when we talk about worldliness, we talk about the symptoms of of worldliness. We talk about alcohol and pornography and cussing, right? Foul language, angry lifestyle, uh, you, you name it. Those are not, that is not the disease, okay? That is the symptoms of the disease. The disease is worldliness. There's envying and strife. And the book of James speaks very clear against that. Envy and strife. You want to know why churches close their doors? You've, if, if you listen to this podcast, you, you have heard me say this before. You want to know why churches close their doors? It ain't because of money most of the time. It's not a lot of times because of location. Sometimes it is. Those are, those are two main reasons 
the economy changes, there's a, there's a, a location, you know, um, something happens in the area, a road gets closed, people move out, whatever it is, the church is now just in a bad location, or they, they run into financial difficulty. A lot of the reasons why churches close their doors, that's not a common reason. One of the biggest reasons, okay, the biggest reason is inward trouble. What I was talking about as we opened up, quoting the, those quotes about the enemy within, envy and strife. Man, it stirs up in the church. Sometimes it, it'll, it'll fester for 30, 40, 50 years. It spreads like a canker. It gets into the hearts of the people. And envy and strife will close the doors of a church quicker than anything else. That's what happened with, with, with Lot here in the context of strife. Okay, three times in the context of choosing the best land um, according to its appearance. You know, that's what happened. Lot's men, Abraham's men, there's strife between them. Here, here are men who've left the country to go follow after God's will, and now they can't get along. Their men can't get along because they dabbed around in the world. They were on the straight and narrow path. They left a land of sin. They were called to a higher calling. They were in fellowship with God. Then they got their eyes off God, went down into Egypt, left wealthy men, and now their men can't get along. That is such a illustration, a type, an example of churches today, Christian homes today. Lot is mentioned in the context of separation with Abraham alone when he's captured by evil kings. There's a time he was, uh, he's mentioned when he's rescued by Abram. Uh, once when he was doing business at the gate of Sodom. He's mentioned when he's targeted as a victim by the men of Sodom. We hear that Lot was protecting his angelic visitors. And he's mentioned when the angels were protecting him. There's also, he's mentioned in the context of when he's seen, he's the one uh, being mocked to his family. Um, when he's pleading uh, to, to be spared. And he's mentioned... In the context of incest one time. So those are the 29 times. I didn't get too much into detail with those. But think about that. Strife. Doing business at the gate of a wicked city. Those are just two times being mentioned. Incest. Alright, so of the 29 times that, that a righteous man is mentioned in the Genesis record. Three of those... Is one of them is strife, the other one is doing business near a wicked city, and the other one is in the context of incest. Okay, he he pitched his tent towards Sodom. His heart is towards Sodom. When I'm talking about doing business at the gate of, of Sodom, I'm I'm referring more to him going in that direction. That is where he's doing his business, his life affairs. That's where he was headed. That's what he wanted. He became a wealthy man out of Egypt, so now he's going out into Sodom. Friends, we have no business having any of those. Is that what... If you're going to be mentioned, your testimony, is that what you want to come up in your testimony, those things that I just read out? So we see the reputation of Lot, but then we see also the righteousness of Lot. Second Peter 2, verse 7 and 8. And deliver just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing that hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Lot was a righteous man. Let's not forget, Lot left that sinful city by faith 
and followed after Abraham, who followed after God. It's very important we understand that. Lot was a righteous man. Then we see the results of Lot by way of, of introduction here. He chose to live in a wicked city that was destroyed by God. Due to his love for the world, Lot lost his family. The poor spiritual condition of Lot. Lot's poor spiritual condition was based on three things. Number one, his direction. We've already read all three verses together. But first of all, we see his lusting in Genesis 13 verse 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the play, plain of Jordan. It's something very worthy to note here. Lot lifted up his eyes. Now, if you actually, if you actually look before that, you actually look before that, you see that, excuse me, if you actually look after that, after that, to verse number 14, and the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Christian, it boils down to one thing here. Are you lifting your eyes and looking where you want to go? Or are you letting God tell you to lift your eyes? God may be wanting you to stay exactly where you are. God may have more things for you where you are right now. He, ha he may have more training ground. He may have some, some, some tests for you. He may have some people that he wants to introduce you to that are going to be a tremendous, tremendous impact on your ministry, on your Christian life. Or he, he, may, he may tell you to go. We talked last week about staying power. And that's a, that's a coin I termed from, uh, a term that I've coined from Stu Weber in his book, Tender Warrior. And we quoted that line from his book, which is a phenomenal line. And that staying power is talking about a man who's firmly planted and a family who can look at a husband and a father who is there. They not only see him triumph, but they also see how he handles his failures. He's around. He, he may stay at a job for 40 years. He may go to several jobs. Either way, he's found the will of God. He's firmly planted himself in the will of God, and he's staying in that place and whatever comes his way, he's relying on God. That's having staying power. That's what Abraham did. He went back to the place where he rebelled from God. He got back into fellowship, and then he waited. Friends, that's, that's what we need to do. Get back. If you're out of God's will, go back to where you were when you rebelled. Whatever it was, go back to that place. Go back to that place of surrender. Go back to that place of dedication. Get your heart right with God, and then wait. Listen for the voice of God. Stay in their Bible. Pray. I don't mean that to be cliche. Stay in your Bible and pray. Wait for the voice of God. Let God tell you when to lift up your eyes and look and where to go and what to do. Lot never returned to that place of rededication. His heart was still in Egypt. So now he's... Is not that at this point he's rebelling. He's already in a rebellious state of mind. He's already looking. He's looking at Sodom and Gomorrah. He's saying, ah, that's just like Egypt. That's where I made all that money. That's how I got rich. I want to go back there. And like I mentioned earlier, that's where he's doing his business. His direction. 
his lusting, okay, liking what the world has to offer. Friend, get back to that place of surrender. If you want to get your heart right with God, I'm talking to a Christian right now. You want to get your heart right with God. Well, I, I need I need to find, no, you need to stop exactly where you are. Go back to that place of surrender. Rededicate your life to the Lord. Get rid of all that sin. Take time. Confess sin. Find out what the problem is. And then wait. Don't move. Let God tell you where to go. Stay in a place of surrender. Be like Jacob. Man, hold on to the Lord as tight as you can. Say, Lord, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. You have got to tell me what to do and where to go. It's very important. Lot did the complete opposite. He never got his heart right with God after they left Egypt. And as soon as they get back, they can't get along. Hey, why don't I just... Okay, great. You know what? You're right. We should leave. Okay, I'm going to go here because that's what looks good to me. That's exactly what Lot did. Not only his lusting, but his leaning. It really goes to this point here. If your heart is in the wrong place, that's where you're going to go. Okay, no man falls suddenly. It always takes place over time. He was headed in the wrong direction, about to make the biggest mistake of his life. We talked about this last time, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. The middle part of those two verses there. From trust in the Lord with all thine heart to in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. There's a term in the middle there that you got to get. Lean not unto thine own understanding. That's what happens. That Lot's poor spiritual condition was based on his direction. It was also based on his decision. In Genesis chapter 19 verse 1 through Eight. We won't read all these verses, but and there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold, now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your way. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. Now this is some. Okay, Lot is in such a bad situation here. Alright? The majority of the time Lot is mentioned is when he's in the midst of self-induced problems. What what Lot is doing here, he's, he's trying to persuade these angels to come into his house and then leave early. Listen, you're, you're heavenly messengers of the Lord. you got no business being in this awful, horrible place. And he's like, you got to come inside. Lot was in this position not because he's being tested or tried. Lot is in this position because Lot rebelled from God and he never got his heart right with God and he is so deep in wickedness and rebelliousness. And Look at Samson. Look at the prodigal son. These are all self-induced problems. Yes, there are people in the Bible that find themselves in horrible positions like Job, but he was being tested. He was being tried. Joseph... These are these are men, they were in God's will. We don't understand all of that, but they were being tested and tried. Lot, Samson, these guys were being rebellious. These are self-induced problems. His location, alright? These this poor location was self-inflicting. Also his lingering. This is something to understand. 
not only was Lot's location having to do with his his poor spiritual condition, you've got to understand this. His lingering, okay? People that God has declared righteous, we have no business lingering, okay? It's so important. Yes, we sin. Yes, we fall. But there's a difference between repenting from that and staying, as the Bible says, pray without ceasing, staying in that attitude of prayer and asking God to forgive us than lingering. And that's exactly what Lot did. Sodom is used as a symbol of wickedness, as a warning to sinners that God judges sin. Is they also a very, very good illustration for Christians to know that we can get this far from God. And if we linger in this rebellion, we will see not only our testimony, but the testimony and the impact and the damage that it makes to our family. Last of all, we see his destruction. In Genesis chapter number 19, in verse number 17, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O not so, my Lord. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast imagined thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Behold now, this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. It is not a little one, and my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou be come thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zor. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zor. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and beheld and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. By way of conclusion here, Lot not only lost his livelihood, all of his hard work, his home, but he also loses his loved ones. Lot literally became the, the father of his own grandchildren. Okay, you read on there, you see the story where he gets, he gets drunk, his daughters take advantage of him. Friends, it's a very sad situation. Here is a righteous man, a man who, along with Abraham, could have got right, could have built his own altar and got back in fellowship with God. Lord, where do you want me to go? Let God tell him to lift up his eyes. But instead, he lifted up his own eyes. Until next time, may the Lord bless you. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Thank you for listening to Preach the Word with Brother Dean Carmichael from Greensboro. 
You can email Brother Dean, preach the word 87 at outlook.com. Preach the word 87 at outlook.com. You also can follow our dear friend, Brother Dean Carmichael, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Dean Carmichael Jr. <laughs>